Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me uh, at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What's going on? A lot happens while you're sleeping, apparently, but uh, it is a <laughs> yeah. great day for basketball. Indeed it is. So it's funny. I stayed up, like, super late, um, like, the night before last, binging Stranger Things. Um, which I finished. It, it was awesome. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And they're totally doing a season four, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, tomorrow on Geek Vibes Live. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I, I took it easy last night and got to bed kind of early. So, yeah, I mean, I woke up and was just like, holy shit. Like, I had text messages coming in. Like, it was just like, I, you know, I, I was I was taken aback. But so anyway, let's, let's hop into it because it's going to be kind of a quick podcast for us. Um, so the LA Clippers, they won the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes after an 11th hour deal to acquire Paul George. Now the parameters of the trade, the Clippers get Paul George, the Thunder get Shea Gilgis Alexander, Ander, uh, Danilo Gallinari, five first round picks, the Miami 21 unprotected pick, uh, the Miami 23, uh, lottery protected pick. And just for context, that is a lottery-protected pick, but it, at no point does it convey in the two seconds it will be a first-round pick at some point in time. Um, so uh, so that's definitely a first. And then they get the Clippers 2022, 2024, and 2026, all unprotected first-round picks. They also get swap rights to the Clippers 2023 and 2025 first-round picks. Holy fucking shit, dude. Um, this – this is fucking crazy. Like I, I, like I was so fucking happy this morning when I saw this. I was just, I was like, oh my god! Like, what a way to cap off this free agency. Um, now, we'll, you know, in, in, in future episodes, we'll take a broader picture at free agency. But for right now, what is your instant reaction uh, to this trade? Um, you know, essentially being the pathway for the Clippers to sign Kawhi Leonard. So now. They've got presumably, uh, I would uh, I would say we could say starting lineup, bench lineup, but I would just say they have a closing lineup of Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Montrez Harrell. What are your instant reactions to that? That is crazy that we live in a world where <laughs> you would think the Lakers and the Knicks are the marquees, but the two biggest free agents went to the Little Brother city. Uh, well, yeah. teams, rather, um, and yeah. it, it's shocking. Um, so I don't think we can continue to say uh, the Mecca 
uh, is a big draw or Lakers are the big draw, even though I think that's more so LeBron than it is the, the Lakers organization. Um, but sure. Clippers and, and Nets, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> you told me this five right, years I think ago, it, I would have told you you're crazy. Yeah, and I think what it what it really shows is that, like, um, like team stability – uh, you know, kind of means more to these guys. Roster construction and that kind of thing. Um, the mark, you know, the market and the the prestige more more so because they they still have the market, not quite the prestige or the platform. Um, that the you know that the Knicks or the Lakers um, still continue to carry. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, both of these teams had better uh, better roster construction and better infrastructure. Um, than their, uh, you know, in-town counterparts. And I think that means a lot to certain players. Um, and we saw that with, um, you know, Kyrie and Katie, and then subsequently now with Kawhi Leonard. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's get into kind of the nitty-gritty uh, here. Um, so this Clippers team, as they're currently constructed, um, I think this will be the first season that they go into – um, an NBA season as the prohibitive favorites. Um, you could maybe make an argument that like the the Lob City Clippers at their peak um, were maybe considered prohibitive favorites. I would say they were considered at best like suspectual favorites, if you will, um, just because it may be favorites to win the West, but not favorites to win the whole thing. Because um, you still had LeBron uh, with his reigning Eastern Conference dominance, and we all like knew LeBron. LeBron's team was coming out of the East, and all those teams that he was on, whether it was you know Miami or then subsequently the the Kyrie Kevin Love uh, Cavs, they were always going to be favored against that version of the Clippers. I think this version of the Clippers is the prohibitive favorite. Um, I don't see a team out there that just going into the season that I would consider. Um, that I that I would consider uh, as a favorite above them, not just in the West, but in in the whole league in general. Do you see it that way? Do you think they are the um, like bona fide favorites to win the title this upcoming season? Well, I mean, you would have to. I mean, a lot of people doubted Kawhi's Raptors last year, and look look where that got them. Um, so mm-hmm. purely off of what he was able to do without another All Star, and uh, well, I'm sorry. He did have another All Star, but um, well, do what not he technically. Did. Oh yeah, not we did. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's but, why I, I mean, wanted to make sure I, I didn't shade him. So yes, he did. Yeah. He did. But yeah, Lowry. Let's not compare Kyle Lowry to Paul. Should have been an All Star. So he basically right. had like three. But you're basically trading out. Um, let's let's kind of look at it like this. You're basically trading out. Um, I would say Lowry. For in the aggregate, uh, I would say um, both Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. So you got one guy who's just better at defense than Kyle Lowry, and then you got another guy who's just way better, more efficient uh, offensive player than Kyle Lowry. Um, right. And then you're trading out Paul George for Pascal Siakam. Like, dude, like I mean, that's that is a that is definitely a better situation, uh, you know, than than Kawhi was in last year. And like you said, I mean, he did win it all. Um, and the league is more open than it's ever been. Like you can sit yeah. and say, well, it took all of these various factors for the Raptors to be able to win, yada yada yada. But the, I mean, the point of fact is 
the league has not been this wide open in some time um, with obviously with Katie uh, leaving and, and even before that having gotten injured um, and then also Clay being hurt. Uh, and even if Clay was 100% healthy to start the season, I would still feel pretty fucking confident that uh, this Clippers team is better, at least on paper. Yeah, and I don't even think you can compare this Clippers team to, to Lob City because Lob City didn't no. have a guy who was able to – again, I think we, we get a little overboard when we say by himself, but seemingly by himself because there was a series where Kawhi definitely carried that, that, uh, that team. Um, oh, yeah, that Philadelphia yeah. series, like, they were fucked. They right. were dead in the water. Nobody was making shots, and Kawhi was like, we will not lose this fucking series. No, absolutely not. He was like, no, 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 no way. Um, so you didn't have anyone on the Clippers because, remember, Blake Griffin now is a thousand times better than Blake Griffin then when CP3 first right. got there. Um, you yes, could even absolutely. say DeAndre has seemingly gotten better defensively. Um, since when Chris Paul first got there. So you're talking about – Since when he first got there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 when he first got there. Because he, um, he's fallen yeah. off a little bit over the last couple of years. Oh, no, 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 right. I'm just saying since he since Chris Paul first got there, DeAndre Jordan has right. gotten better. Um, right. But, yeah, so you have essentially a Blake Griffin who's better now than he was then, and DeAndre who got better than he was then. So, I mean, just essentially that Lob City team, you, you look at the new Kawhi um, Clippers and you just go, there's, there's no comparison. But um, I will say this, Kawhi, just saying, this team is great. Doc Rivers is an amazing head coach. But just mm-hmm. hope you don't have to depend on your running mate uh, to get you out of some of these series in the uh, in the playoffs. Just make sure you're bringing hey, the Toronto Kawhi to the playoffs. Just saying. Well, just I, saying. I, I'll just say I'll just say this. I mean, I know you, you've knocked Paul George a good bit. Paul George had his best season last year by far. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an MVP caliber player. You at one point even had him as your MVP before that injury um, in, mm-hmm. in, I think, our third quarter awards. Um, and, and, like, there's just no question. I mean, you know, he was able to take – you can make an argument that Siakam was the, the better, more impactful player through, throughout uh, the playoffs. Uh, than than Kyle Lowry, but like he's you know Kyle Lowry always had that kind of stigma, and he was able to um, help elevate Kyle Lowry's game um, to a point where it had never been um, to get rid of the stigma of this guy chokes. Um, I, I mean I don't see given the the talent disparity between Paul George and and Kyle Lowry, I wouldn't think that there's any reason why. He couldn't do the same, if not see, more, for Paul George. See, I want to I want to make this this clear because I, I don't think I ever have. I don't think Paul George and James Harden are choke artists. I just think they are better regular season players than they have been playoff players. Um, sure. And as Skip always says, playoffs is where you make your name, and I just see yeah. them more as guys who have made their name just in a regular season. Um, right. Which to me. If Paul George has someone he can 100% count on and a Kawhi Leonard who won't jack up 100 threes that are all bricks like Westbrook, um, I just think <laughs> he'll thrive in it. I'm just saying yep. if Kawhi isn't bringing it, I then worry is Paul George game to game going to be able to bring it. And that's my only question. But I do not think that he's a choke artist. I just think he's right. just a better, better regular season player than he has been a playoff player. 
Yeah, I wasn't speaking to your thoughts it, it, like particular in particular. I was just saying in general. That's been the um, the that was which the I don't think is fair. For, yeah, no, which I don't I, think it's fair because if you go back to if you go back to his Pacer years, especially that that uh, I think LeBron's second year in Miami. Um, yeah, Paul George was... gave Miami everything he had, and it just yeah. he lost to LeBron. So to me, yeah, it's like he has shown <laughs> right, exactly, and we see where Roy Hibbert has been since then. So to me, it's right. like I think he has he he's capable of showing up in the playoffs. I've just seen him not show up more than I have seen him show up, which then makes me say better regular season guy than he has been right. playoff guy. Yeah, and that's that's very fair. What I another thing that I would throw out is I I love the notion that um let's just say Kawhi is just having a night where he's not on, Paul George isn't on. Um, those guys can just fucking hunker down and play defense and let Sweet Lou go to fucking town. Like that I mean, that's something that, you know, very, very few teams have the luxury of having is a when when he's on an elite fucking scorer um, and a guy who's barely costing your franchise anything. I mean, he's costing them like 8% of the – less than that. He's costing them like 7 6.5% of their, their salary cap money. Um, and he can catch fire and, and go to work any given night. So you, you essentially – like I said, it's, it's something that's interesting in the aggregate because – Lou Williams is not a complete player. Patrick Beverly is not a complete player. But you put those two together um, with Kawhi and Paul George, um, you just you have the perfect way to um, to manage any sort of particular game situation that you find yourself in. Because Beverly is an elite defensive player. Now, granted, he's older, but he still proved last season. Uh, after his injury the prior season, he's still in that cream of the crop as far as just grit, grind, on-ball defensive uh, juggernaut. And, you know, like when you have that versatility um, and then you got a guy like Landry Shamit who can just, you know, be open, you know, on the wing and just hit you know, 40 45% of his wide-open threes um, – and then you got Montrez Harrell just doing fucking work uh, inside, getting rebounds. He's not a, he's not a great defender by any means. Uh, I wouldn't even call him a good defender, um, but he does do work on the glass, um, and he he plays up and down. He's really quick. Um, like those are just all the kind of ancillary pieces that you would want for a championship caliber team. And so Ollie with then. that flexibility, if you need Lou to take over offensively, now you have two no well three elite defenders um in Beverly, Kawhi and Paul George to like hold down the fort on the other end. Um and if, if Kawhi and um and uh um Paul George are on or either one of them are on or whatever, um you just throw Shamit out there because Shamit can just knock down threes. So like so you wouldn't necessarily want Lou Williams out on that in that lineup because um, you know, he needs the ball in his hands a little bit more. Uh, but, I mean, he's essentially now your, your backup point guard um, who, you know, is going to be a shoot-first point guard. Uh, but that is – they just have so many luxuries with this team, 
And with Doc Rivers coaching, especially what he was able to do last season and the fact that he's already got that championship pedigree, um, I just think they're just set up for success for, you know, the next three, four, five seasons. Um, and, I mean, they, they just have a almost perfectly constructed roster. Yeah, and I will say congrats to Doc because if last season was not as good as it was, um, there could have possibly been talks of him not staying. Um, so I'm really glad that Doc is still there, um, mainly because I think he's going to be able to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to buy in defensively. And if those two guys are at their their uh, their best defensively, it's going to be really hard for you um, <laughs> night in and night out. But I will say, um, with Kawhi going to the West, Giannis can breathe easier. Uh, Embiid can breathe easier. It's just easier now for a lot of these these uh, big guys over in the uh, the East Coast. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it, it certainly shifts the balance right of power. <laughs> it certainly shifts the balance of power back to the West because um, we we kind of thought like, well, if Kawhi stays in the East, maybe it's finally balanced, like. Because, you know, I mean, you had KD, who ended up going east. Um, now, granted, he's going to be out, obviously, for the season. Um, but, like, moving forward, you would think, all right, well, the, the Raptors are going to be kind of perennial contenders. The Sixers, uh, you know, um, should be perennial contenders. Um, you obviously have Brooklyn, who should be, you know, a perennial contender. Um, Indiana's, you know, made some moves. Milwaukee, obviously, still in that mix. Um, and like now you just kind of take Toronto out of that. I still think Toronto is a playoff team, but like they're absolutely without a doubt, not a contender anymore. Um, so like it, it does, it shifts the balance back to the West, um, which is, it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think it, it, it opens up the East. Um, it, it really makes it in my opinion, a two horse race now, um, for this upcoming season, not talking about like future seasons, but for this upcoming season, I really feel like it's going to come down to who who's better between Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, those are uh, ripple effect winners, um, you know, from this decision as well, as you uh, alluded to. I, t- <clears throat> I tell you what, really quickly so we can move on, I'll tell you this. Giannis, this season, Nick, is going to define him for me. Not not for everyone, just for me. Because if you can't get out of the East to the finals, forget winning the finals, just getting to the finals. It will tell me yep. everything I feel as though I need to know about Giannis. Mm. That's interesting. Well, I I don't 100% agree with you, um, just, just because he's still so young. Um, but I will say this. Um, I do think the pathway is open, but I do think if Philadelphia can stay healthy, I think they present a, a the kind of like the biggest roadblock that you could construct against a well, Milwaukee Bucks led team. I think the way that they decided to go about their off season was very much um, uh, a how can we put together a team that would match up super well against Giannis um, because 
They saw the writing on the wall. They said, well, Toronto, maybe they'll keep Kawhi, but, you know, we were right there. Um, but, like, long-term, looking forward, I think the biggest team that we have to worry about is the Milwaukee Bucks, and they constructed a lineup. It, it, and, by the way, Giannis torched the Sixers last year. Um, like, mm-hmm. I mean, even, even in the game that the Bucks lost in the regular season, Giannis still went off for like 40 plus, maybe even 50. I can't remember. I think it was like 48. Um, so he just torched them. Uh, you know, so now with adding Al Horford, now you got Horford and in B, um, that's just, that's going to make it so much more difficult for Giannis to get to his spots. He's going to have to really improve as a shooter. And like with, you know, the verdict is still out on that, how much, um, improvement we could see from Giannis as a shooter. But, but that's what I'm saying. So the Sixers are your biggest threat, right? So let's say you can't mm-hmm. get past the Sixers. Cool. He's still young. He still has, what, a, a decade to, to still uh, go, go to the yes. front. My point is, yep. if he can't get past the Sixers this year, the East is only going to get harder for him next year. So that's what right. I'm saying. With like, the, with the I don't yeah. wanna, right. I don't want to think this past season was his best chance to get to the finals because I do think that he is still better than anyone on that Sixers team Um, but he has to then go out there and win a series to prove that which I I agree with you is going to be difficult but to me if you can't do it this year next year is going to be almost impossible yeah I mean I kind of feel the same way about Philly like they've set themselves up this is their year Um, they you know kind of rebooted a little bit, soft reboot, uh, reconstructed the lineup. But I think both of those teams should have that marker on them, that if you can't do it this year, then what's going to be the year that you're going to get it done? Because your rosters are pretty much in place, Um, like especially for Milwaukee, who has very, very little assets going forward. Now, they did acquire that Indiana pick um, in that Brogdon trade, Um, but – um, but not not a lot of flexibility, um, and you know for Philly, um, you know they um, don't own their pick next season. They own the Thunder pick, but that's top twenty protected. Uh, so say goodbye to that one. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's it's going to be interesting to see how the East plays out. But let's move it back to the West. Um, let's uh, let's break down. I want to talk about three different teams: uh, the Lakers, the Thunder and the Raptors and how this affects each of those teams in particular. Um, So let's start with the Lakers. Um, They reacted to this trade by signing Danny Green to a two-year 15 – or, I'm sorry, two-year $30 million deal. Um, So presumably – and maybe it starts a little cheaper, but, you know, on average, $15 million. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope for two years, $16 million, so $8 million a year. Quinn Cook for two years – Three million, um, and then they're reportedly in talks uh, with Rajon Rondo, and recently came to an agreement, uh, according to uh, our source Luke Alves, <laughs> um, uh, to um, to re-sign him as well. I would expect the Rondo signing to happen. I'm sure they're just working out the monetary factor. Um, it was, uh, you know, I think it was no coincidence that they tried to get him to agree to a vet minimum contract. Um, and kind of tried to say, well, here's your here's your deadline or whatever, and he was like, all right, I'm not signing that. Like, you know, if you get Kawhi, <laughs> sure, I'll sign it. But until that happens, like, 
dude, I ain't, I ain't signing that, which was smart on his part. He should get more money than a vet minimum. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so looking at the Lakers, the moves they've made, the biggest, the biggest ones being Danny Green and, and Caldwell Pope, as far as monetary value anyway, um, what, what do you think about their pathway to success going forward this year into the future? Um, are you – are you concerned, or do you think that because they have LeBron and AD, you can put ancillary role-player pieces around them and still construct a roster um, that can compete with any team, take any team to seven games, and you know could um, you know potentially be second or third in that you know kind of preseason power rankings, if you will. Um, I mean, it, it depends. I, I told you the biggest thing that scares me about uh, AD is can he play a full season? Um, and he's, if he he's can, done better as of late. He has. But, he absolutely has. Always and, yeah. Right. And I think if you're the Lakers, I think you should approach Anthony Davis the same way the Raptors approach Kawhi. Um, load management. Do load management. Don't play him as, as, as hard in the regular season. Because um, you're going to need them 100% for the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, to me, I don't – I could still see them being odds-on favorites um, just because it's LeBron and Anthony Davis is, when healthy, one of the, what, top five best players in, in the uh, the NBA. Um, so I could see just all of that, that alone, that people would um, favor them for. But to me, I kind of just need to see a little bit more. You want to know an idea I had, Nick? So with with the signing of Danny Green, how just I, I, you don't have to give me exact, just ballpark. How much would you say that that hurt them um, cap space wise? Like as far as what they were oh, trying dude. to save for yeah. that Kawhi money. Uh, well, I mean they didn't make the decision until afterwards, but um, they basically have thirty two million dollars to spend today um, because they have to complete this um, this Anthony Davis trade today. Um, so they're going to make all of their big deals today, and they made most of them by this point. I think that was an overpay for Danny Green. I don't think there was a market uh, at $15 million a year for Danny Green. Because if you look at it like this, the Lakers are the only team left with significant cap space. Um, Toronto, they they have no reason to bring back Danny Green if they're not keeping Kawhi. Um, right. So, I mean, I just feel like that's a big – like I was thinking more – $10 million a year um, than 15 uh, just simply because, I, I, you know, I think they weren't even really able to play him in the finals. Uh, you know, they played Van Vliet over him for the majority of the finals last year um, simply because Van Vliet, well, Van Vliet was on fire, um, you know, after, pretty much after he had his, his second kid. Um, but also because Van Vliet could actually handle the ball and Danny Green's not good at that. Like he's a good defender, um, but he but he can't handle the ball. Now you don't necessarily need him to handle the ball when you have LeBron James, but still, I think fifteen million dollars a year. I think that's an overpay. No, considering I, I, where the I, market I, is now. I don't disagree. My, the the question I was getting to was I was just talking to Joel and Luke about this in the um in, in the group chat. Um, and I know we're going to get to this, but it pertains to what I think the Lakers could do to really push themselves um, as the favorites. Do you inquire if you're the Lakers about Russell Westbrook? Just because you're I don't seeing think you, the writing on the I wall? I don't think you can. 
I like I well, I mean, you definitely can't right now. Now, right. Once they make right. all their signings and it comes December fifteenth, and all of their signings are now eligible to be traded, that is possible. Um, I think they would have enough of the salaries to aggregate them together in order to trade them for Russell Westbrook. I don't know that Russell Westbrook will still be on the Thunder at that point in time. Um, and I think even though Westbrook has a crazy big contract, I think that the um, Thunder could get more for Russell Westbrook than simply, um, you know, cap filler. Cause that's all the Lakers can offer at this point. They don't have any, any assets really. Um, unless you're throwing in Kuzma. Um, and are you willing yeah. to throw in Kuzma to get Russ? I, I don't know. Say- I don't know if you're willing to do that. I would say this. I would say if you are in the win-now mentality, um, and Westbrook isn't super old. Westbrook doesn't come with a, a crazy low, a crazy amount of injuries. Um, I would say, yes, you would have to then trade Kuzma. Like, that's not even something for you to think about. Um, you would have to trade him. Um, but I was just curious as, you know, if you're the Lakers, now that you miss out on Kawhi, wouldn't that be somebody that you look over and you kind of go – we got to find a way to get to get another guy. Like that would be the guy that I would assume this Lakers organization um, would try anything to to try to go after. But you're saying you think he'll be going well before they're able to. So that is shocking to me. Um, I'm not saying yeah, I, I think thought, he will. I'm just saying it's a possibility that he is. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Um, but yeah. So to me, I, I don't really have them over uh, the the Clippers just at the moment. Um, even if they do keep Rondo, even with Danny Green and keeping KCP, who KCP and Danny Green not too high on, <laughs> really. But, um, yeah, th- this team just kind of screams if LeBron, you know, knock on wood, anything happens to him. They're now looking at AD to do with the Lakers what he couldn't really do with the Pelicans. And that's a tall order with that roster. Yeah. So, And you still, and you still run the risk if you cannot construct a, a- – championship caliber roster you still run the risk of ad walking next season um you absolutely do going to happen <laughs> but it's a possibility um there's a reason yeah. that, you know he basically said i'm not signing an extension like i you know i want to be with the lakers but i mean as far as everything that i've heard and and you know from all um early reports he doesn't want to sign that extension he wants to play out this season see where things go, and then sign the extension, probably because he can make more money doing it that way. Um, I will say – Also, also it, it, it allows him the small flexibility um, or large flexibility, maybe small probability, um, that he can take a look at the landscape of the NBA next season and say, fuck, man, like if LeBron really starts breaking down this year, like – and you – don't have anything outside of him to really rely on other than maybe Kuzma. Um, that would be a cause for concern for me. And I might be looking at it like, Hey, like I can, I can always pull a Chris Paul and opt in and demand that the Lakers and, and say, I will opt in, but you have to trade me to this team. I want to go to this team. Um, you know, I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, it is, and I would like my chances of that because, you know, Knicks still have that flexibility next year. I would love my chances if his representation he ain't picking was the Knicks, anyone bro. else. 
Well, just saying. I'm just. I would like my my <laughs> chances, but um, if his representation was anyone except for who it is, I would feel very right. comfortable in the idea of he won't be staying in L.A. But right. because his representation yeah, is who it is, I kind of feel like he'll be staying in L.A. Yeah, it would be a it'd be a really tough sell for Rich Paul up to LeBron James. Um, like, I mean, I feel like. You know, I think it gets overplayed a little bit that Rich Paul is just an agent that caters to LeBron James. He's done so many things for his players to get them paid. I agree. Um, and, I and, agree. and to put them where, you know, they want to be playing. Um, but I do think if there's ever a time where Rich Paul is going to try his best to have LeBron's back, it will be with AD resigning um, with the Lakers. Um, right. But, I mean, it's just – it's it's going to be tough. Now, at the end of this season – um, the Lakers will have a first-round pick um, that they could deal in the draft next season. So they'll have an asset there. They can't deal it until the offseason because of the Stepien rule. Um, but, like, that is at least some monicum of an asset that they will um, have once again uh, next offseason. So um, draft, draft night trade, you know, I, I could see something like that potentially being a possibility. Um as as far as here's the thing, I think they really need a fucking quality point guard. Um, I don't think Rondo is that anymore. I threw out the idea the other day that if they don't get um, if they don't get Kawhi, I, I would have looked at trading for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, really, when you look at it, like Dennis Schroeder is making fifteen point five million dollars per season over the next two seasons. You just signed Danny Green to virtually the same deal. Um, I would have, I would have rather had Schroeder as my my point guard. Um, he's, by no means is he an elite point guard, but he's a starting caliber point guard. Um, mm-hmm. And like have him, and then I would just choose between Danny Green and Contavious Caldwell Pope. I probably would have gone Caldwell Pope as much as he's up and down, and as much as he hasn't played. He, the reason being because you're getting him for eight million versus fifteen. Um, so if you make that trade, you have now Dennis Schroeder. You have a starting lineup. You have Schroeder. You have Caldwell Pope. You have Kuzma, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then you still have roughly. Um, trying to do the math quickly in my head. Uh, what fifteen plus eight is twenty-three. You saw basically like eight million dollars um, to to spend. Um, to go out and get maybe a Marcus Morris or, you know, just somebody else, um, you know, or split that up amongst guys who maybe, you know, want a little bit more than the, than the minimum. Um, I, I would have done that. Uh, I, and I don't think it would have cost you anything to get Schroeder. I mean, especially now that, that, um, that, you know, that would be enough. Just that one move would be enough to get OKC out of the luxury tax. Um I think they would gladly do that um, and then kind of sit there and be like, all right, we're out of the luxury tax. Now we, you know, we have Russell Westbrook. We have all these future draft picks. We have all of this flexibility. Um, that would have been my play. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Polinka even considered that as an option. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but that, I think that would have been, that would have been a smarter play um, than just using the cap space to sign guys. Um, I just think you could have you could have gotten him for nothing 
Like they just, I mean, they would have gladly just shipped out his fifteen and a half million dollars to get underneath the apron. Um, but that's not the way they're going. It looks like they're probably going to bring Rondo back. They did bring in Quinn Cook, who I think is a a, a good player. Um, he's fine as a backup point guard, um, but I just don't think Rondo is a starting caliber point guard at this point in time. Um, and I, I mean, I just think Schroeder's a much better player. And I think Danny Green is is too old, uh, arguably too old to invest in if you don't have a complete roster. Like, you know, I was I was a big proponent of signing Green and Beverly um, to add to this team because of both of their upside defensively. Um, but when you don't have a guy like Beverly, when you downgrade from Beverly to a guy like Rondo, I, I don't think – having Danny Green is as valuable as it would have been. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they try to piece together this lineup. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't expect any, any kind of trade to be happening. Um, you know, we could see something come January. But the other thing is, if you make a trade for, say, Russell Westbrook, or you make a trade for, say, Chris Paul, um, who basically make about the same amount of money, um, you know, come January, then you literally have like nobody else on your roster. Um, and it, I mean, that, that was always going to be the problem with them. If you have Kawhi, it's not that big of a problem, but if you have Russell Westbrook or you have, um, Chris Paul, that is a much bigger problem. Um, but Hey, maybe if you traded for Chris Paul, you could be like, Dwayne, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dwayne. Dwayne is sitting there uh, chomping at the bits to, to play with Jimmy Butler. He's not. He's not going back to. Uh, oh, I mean, well, I, I will say. I think. Coming, the, I don't think he. I think he's done. Like my thing no, is like. I don't think he. Oh, he said. He said he's gonna go play one more year with Miami. No, this is what he said. This is what he said specifically. He said because um, someone was making the joke of like, would you come out of retirement to to go play with LeBron? Like if they got Kawhi, they got Kawhi AD. And he said, "No, the only way I'd come, I'd come out of retirement is to go back to Miami." Uh, and then he was uh, making the joke, especially if Jimmy signed there. Now that Jimmy signed uh, there, it's like if he is gonna come gotcha. back, it a hundred percent. It'll be with Miami to Miami to come play with Jimmy. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I still think LeBron would try his best to make it happen, uh, regardless. They of would. I will say what, they're they're yeah. desperate now to sign a guy like Melo if Melo was, was willing to take the, the two cents that they're able to offer him. They they right. are in a position now to where it's kind of just like, well, you can't say no to <laughs> Like, you're not in any position. Oh, my God. <laughs> Juwan, you didn't even realize it. That was an excellent pun. <laughs> to offer him <laughs> the two cents monetarily, but also, like, the two cents of, like, hey, dude, come off the bench. Don't play ISO ball. Try try defensively. (laughs) Um, Nice. Uh, Definitely, um, you know, pun unintended, but but very very well done. Um, Thank you. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what the Lakers come up with. We should have this roster constructed by the end of the day, mostly. I would imagine at least the the use of their preliminary cap space, and then we'll see what happens. Um, with the rest of the vet minimums that they're able to do, maybe the room room exception comes later. But they they desperately need to use the rest of this cap space today. Um, right. All right, but let's move on. We got two more teams to talk about. Um, 
I want to talk about first the Raptors, and then we'll get to the Thunder, because I think the Thunder are kind of in the most interesting situation. Um, for the Raptors, uh, you still have, like, some good young pieces. You still have Siakam, obviously. You still have OG Ananobi. Um, you still have Fred Van Vliet. Um, uh, if you want to throw Norman Powell into that mix, you can. Um, I may or may not, uh, but those are those are at least two to three, possibly even four, really good young pieces that you can build around going into the future. Um, my biggest question is if if you are Toronto, I think given the way the East has shaken out, you could easily make the playoffs next year with this team. Um, with, you know, Lowry, Powell, Ananobi, um, Siakam, and, you know, we'll say Ibaka as your starter, and then Gasol um, and Van Vliet off the bench. Um, that's a seven-man rotation that is a playoff-caliber team in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. But do you prioritize that, or do you look at trying to say, well, maybe we can ship out Ibaka, expiring contract, Gasol, expiring contract, um, Kyle Lowry, expiring contract. Do you prioritize maybe moving those guys um, in order to really kind of retool around your young pieces um, and, and, and maybe not concern yourself with making the playoffs? How would you approach this situation, Juwan? And, and, and furthermore, how do you think the Raptors and Masai Ujiri will approach this situation? Well, call me crazy, but <clears throat> I now consider Toronto a, a destination. And the reason why is if you're a, a star player, right, <clears throat> Excuse me. and your free agency is coming in the next two years, you have to look at what the city uh, – not the city, I'm sorry – what <laughs> the entire country embraced. Um, Kawhi, and, and you, you have to kind of look at that and go, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like that. I'd, I'd like the right. entire, like all of Canada on my back and, and praising me. And if I'm here long term, I can win them more than one championship. Um, I'll definitely right. Get and like we've said on the show before, Toronto's a big market. Like, yeah, it's a a big market just in general because it's a huge city. Um, but it's also like you said, a big market because you not only have that city behind you, you have the whole fucking country of Canada. That is their right. one thing. Right, so I, I think uh, they could make plays for, um, for you know, for a possible big free agent. Uh, now, who that is, I, I I won't get into that. I'll wait for free agency to come. Um, right. But I, I like the situation they're in, and if I'm them, I don't necessarily want to retool till I till I I have to, and I don't think they have to make that decision until after next year, uh, going into sure. next year's free agency to kind of get a better look. Um, so, I mean, if I was them, I would go with what you said. Try to make the playoffs. Try to make them still – like, don't make it feel like, oh, man, you lost Kawhi. There's no DeMar. Like, Lowry said It's it, the end of the world. Guys, yeah. Right, right. You guys don't want to turn into the, the good old Raptors we remember. You want to continue the legacy that Kawhi has now set, that we now right. don't look at them as, as a joke. We're like, oh, man, right. they just won the championship. And they have everyone except for Danny Green and Kawhi. Um, so you didn't get gutted after winning a championship like most teams tend to do. Um, right. So to me, run it back. <laughs> run it back. Of course you're not <laughs> right. going to win the finals, but if you yeah. can make the first round, uh, and, and let's say you get a five or six spot, that's very respectable rather than barely making it. 
Um, you know, I, if I'm a free agent, I at least take a, a, a sit down with the Raptors. Maybe I don't sign, but I at least sit down and have a conversation. And that's a great position to be in because you weren't in that position before Kawhi. Um, so hopefully you can be in that position after Kawhi. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think, I think basically if I'm Masai, I'm just going to let the league know, look, you know, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and Pau Gasol are all up for, you know, all up um, available. They're not up for auction. We ain't trying to sell them, but they are available. So if you want any one of those three players, give us a call. Um, if you present us with a good deal, we'll consider it and maybe take it. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be actively looking to move on from those guys. Um, it, it like, it's a really, it's a really hard sell um, to you know get um, to essentially get go from winning a title to not making the playoffs the next year. Uh, I like, I can't remember the last time that that happened. Um, so, uh, well, um, yeah, no, I mean, I. I don't. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I not that I can think of anyway. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I would. I would be open to trading any of those guys, but I wouldn't be actively trying to trade any of those guys um, because I would feel confident, like you said, if I can get in, like if we can go on a streak at some point in the season, Siakam takes you know a step forward, um, and you know none of these guys hit that that you know. Uh, over the hill, over that wrong side of 30, that's what I'm trying to say, wrong side of 30 wall, um, then I think they will be in position uh, to, to at least make the playoffs. And you never know who you draw. And, you know, if you can get – I mean, just look at two years ago when the Pacers uh, ended up drawing uh, the Cavs and took them to seven games in the first round. Um, I mean – I, I legit thought, like, fuck, the Pacers might beat the fucking Cats. Um, as crazy as it sounded, even with LeBron, it was like, I mean, damn, dude, this this fucking team, like, that they're just not as good, you know. You know, they, they have a lot of matchup problems, defensively particularly. Um, so let's say you end up going into the first round against a team like Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, they obviously have Kyrie Irving, um, but, like, I wouldn't feel like we can't win that series if I'm Toronto because um, KD's not back. Um, and, you know, they're basically relying on, on Kyrie um, and these younger guys who, you know, haven't, you know, the closest they've been to uh, a big stage was losing to the Sixers in five last year. Um, you know, I'd feel, I'd feel confident that we can like m- make a run in that series and potentially win it. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I just think it all boils down to if you get an offer that is is really nice, sure, take it. But if like I I wouldn't be actively looking to ship these guys out, um, a because that's just going to drive down your offer, and b I still think you're a competitive team um, in the Eastern Conference with um, this roster, especially like like I said, if. Um, if Siakam can take a step forward and become even better than he was last season. Um, and, you know, if Ananobi comes back and, you know, builds on what he had started in the, the previous season um, as far as like a starting caliber small forward, 
um, I think they'll be in relatively good position um, to to um, make a make a playoff run in the East and and you know could potentially even make it to the second round depending on how the matchups shake out. Um, but if they keep this team together, I will definitely have them as a you know six seven eight seed um, you know in, in, in the East. Um, I think it's just going to depend on how well does Miami gel around Jimmy Butler? Um, and then what of these fringe playoff teams, you know, whether it be the magic Detroit, um, uh, I feel like there's one other team that you could throw into that mix, but I can't think of them right now. Um, what do those kind of teams do, um, to improve their rosters? So it's going to be really interesting though, man. It's, uh, it's exciting. I saw someone throw out, um, a potential trade, um, which I kind of like, actually, um, for both sides. Um, basically, and I, 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 won't, I don't remember what it is verbatim, but basically it would be um, the Pistons sending their, like, $20 million, $22 million in expiring contracts, plus, like, their young players, like, they just drafted Sekou Domboya. Um, they, uh, they have Luke Kennard. Um, and then maybe, you know, some, some future draft assets for Russell Westbrook. Because um, if you replace Reggie Davis with, with, with Russell Westbrook on that team and you got Blake and you got um, Drummond, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're better. I, I, I wouldn't do it simply for the fact that I, I still don't like that roster construction. You basically got three guys who are not three-point shooters, um, and you're oh, giving God, up your no. probably <laughs> – yeah, you. Hey, man, you're the guy who wanted Lonzo and Zion and who the fuck else on the Phoenix Suns. So don't like, calm down. Calm down with that. Like, well, no. As, like, well, no. My reaction. mindset. No, I told you my mindset was you have athletic guys that can defend. That's a really good defensive lineup, and then you balance sure. it with the All idea. Sure. Right. We don't need to rehash Devin it. Booker can go sure, get you sure, fifty. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still think that was that was a crazy idea. But for that same reason, I I don't necessarily like that. But I do think it's it's within the realm of possibility um, as far as Detroit being like, man, if we can get another star, you know, um, like maybe maybe I don't know, maybe that works out. Um, and uh, you know, I might if I'm the like maybe you get a maybe you get a swap of like Adams and Drummond in that deal to make it more palatable for the the Thunder. Um, but who knows? Like, I, I, I do think it'll be interesting, though. Um, all right. Well, speaking of interesting and OKC, let's talk about them uh, before we close out this pod. OKC um, is in a fucking great position right now. I think a lot of people, um, yeah, kind of initially were killing the Thunder for, you know, essentially like – uh, you know, Paul George requested the trade to the Clippers because um, he wanted to team up and, and play with Kawhi Leonard in L.A. And, you know, the, the, there was a report that came out that said they felt like they didn't have a choice. I think that's bullshit. Like, you always have the choice. I think it's more just like you you couldn't refuse that offer. Like, that is just such a godfather offer. That is – that is, I will make them a deal they can't refuse. That is what that deal was. Um, I would have done that 
a hundred times out of a hundred if I was Sam Presti. Because you're just getting so much fucking capital. And and here's the other thing too. The both of the first round picks that the Thunder are sending out are the the one next year is top twenty protected. If that doesn't happen it becomes two seconds. The one to Atlanta in twenty twenty two is top fourteen protected. If that doesn't happen, it becomes two second round picks. So you may not only be potentially getting yourself um, you know, these five future first round picks, these two swap rights, this may also make the difference in you retaining your own two first round picks and instead conveying four second round picks. Um, so I, you know, I think that honestly, like I think this was just too good of a deal to pass up, not to mention you get Shea Gilgis Alexander, who I'm super fucking high on. I love Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think he will be a terrific player. Um, but you also get Danilo Gallinari, who I think is a very good trading chip. I mean, just picture a team with okay. Let's let's if the Magic didn't already have 17 power forwards on their roster, um, but you know, a team like the Magic who are kind of cash strapped. Um, but picture you could flip. Um, you know, Timothy Mozgov and a first-round pick for a guy like Danilo Gallinari. I, I, I haven't had a chance now to, like, scour the league and come up with 13 different trade possibilities for Gallinari. Um, but I do think they're out there. Uh, and, you know, I think that it could be another way that they could add to their asset pool. Um, my biggest thing with this trade, uh, it, everybody kind of um, suspects that the essentially they are going to um, just shut it down and rebuild and trade Russell Westbrook and all this shit. Um, I don't think they have to do that. I don't think – if I'm guessing, I don't think Presty wants to do that. Let me throw this out there, though. What if – essentially, what if you could get this deal for Paul George, and then you could give maybe half of that pull up to get Bradley Beal? And then you just swap out Paul George for Bradley Beal, and you get assets to do it. Um, like I don't think that's you know beyond the realm of possibility. Um, we're we're gonna have to see if Washington ever gets a fucking general manager, and if you know they at any point decide you know if if Beal doesn't sign the contract extension they want him to sign, if they will basically be like, all right, yeah, we'll we'll consider trading him now. But I mean, I don't. I I think the Thunder have so much flexibility to go one direction or the other. Um, with all the assets that they've accrued, they could throw all of those back in to to get another player or two around Russell Westbrook to kind of retool and and stay competitive, or they could, you know, trade Russell Westbrook and get even more assets, or they can keep Russell Westbrook. Try to remain, you know, as a fringe playoff team, that, you know, essentially a la the way that they did before they were able to acquire Paul George in the first season after KD left. Um, and, you know, run it like that. They, they just have so many options, and that's the kind of place that you want to be in as a GM. And I think in this trade in particular, I think both teams won because – if you're if you're examining the Clippers, they gave up so much to get Paul George, way too much assets to get Paul George. 
but they weren't just getting Paul George. They had to make that trade in order to get Kawhi Leonard. So they gave up all of those assets to get both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and when you do it like that, that is not too much to give up to get both of those guys at all. Like, that's a very fair uh, swap, if not like more advantageous for you. But if you're, I mean, if you're looking at it from the Thunder side, they got so many assets for one fucking dude who they basically gave up not a whole lot to get in. Yeah, Oladipo turned out to be really good, but he was never going to be that good paired next to Russell Westbrook. Um, so I think it's a win-win in my opinion. Uh, and I just, I love the flexibility that Presty and the Thunder have going forward. Um, and essentially just being able to chart the path that they think best fits them, whether it be short-term, long-term, or, you know, just on their terms. So I love it. I think Presty, you know, basically he had the Clippers over a barrel and, you know, said, look, like, I don't care if Paul George demanded a trade. Like, we don't have to trade him. If you want him and you want to be able to get Kawhi Leonard, you are going to give us everything, um, virtually everything. Um, and, you know, I guess they were willing to let him keep Landry Shamit. Um, but, like, other than that, I mean, they got, you know, they got almost everything that you could possibly want in a deal of for, for a player of Paul George's magnitude. And so I applaud him for it. What are your thoughts on the Thunder uh, going forward, their positional flexibility, and did you like the trade um, uh, you know, uh, from their perspective? Um, well, it's to be seen. Uh, you know what I kind of compare it to? I compare it to when we got rid of KP, right? And it was like, all right, well, the, the Knicks have options, and you know, it created flexibility now. Uh, if you get Zion, you have Zion, or if you can strike someone in free agency, we're now on the other side of that. Where it's like we now have to see what this current roster that we have does this season because if it's anything like last season, it kind of seems like all of it was a failure. And I get Joel's point of, oh, well, he didn't want to be there. But still, you got rid of an all-star player, and then nothing came back good. Um, besides just flexibility. So I look at OKC and I go, if you're Russell Westbrook, you have not been to a finals in a long, long time. Even if you get Bradley Beal, you still will not get to a finals in a long, long time. So it right. becomes, do you want to go? And if you go somewhere, it needs to be somewhere you feel as though you have a chance to get to the finals, and it won't take a Which long Which means long you want to go east. <laughs> yes, exactly, 100%. I think you should and, go. And um, let me throw this out just real quick. Let me throw this out. Yeah, I think yeah. Russell Westbrook has the, the amount of cachet with the Thunder to kind of quietly be like, look, if you want to trade me and you want to go through this rebuild, and like if you want to keep all these assets and you want to rebuild, I would like you to trade me. I would like you to trade me to one of these – four, five, six teams that are in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I, I think – I really do. I think the Thunder would oblige him there. I don't think they would be like, well, you know what? You signed the deal, so we can trade you wherever the fuck we want to trade you. I don't – I just don't think they would do that to Russ. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't either, and I think if I'm Russ, I want to make it to where it, it doesn't seem like I want out. 
Um, the the one thing I will say that kind of is confusing and why a lot of people are ripping um, the the Thunder is because there was no mention of like, oh, well, Paul George and Russ weren't getting along or Paul George didn't really like management. It just, you woke up and Paul George was no longer on OKC and it was just like, what? Like, I get your point, Nick, and you don't turn down an offer like that. Like, that offer ensures you that you could just rebuild through the draft. So I get, I get your point. Um, but it just it came out of nowhere. Like, it just was like, wh- where did any of this come from? Um, and like I said, it's to be seen because if OKC can rebuild and this is still a competitive playoff team with Russ at the helm, then okay, cool, no problem, no dirt off your shoulder. Um, but if this team struggles tremendously, like I believe they will, especially if Russ is shooting the ball, um, then it kind of becomes why? Like, why? Why, why would you help? Not only a, a, another Western Conference team, um, but why would you get rid of what arguably last season was your best player? Um, so, like I yeah, said, it's, well, it's all to be seen. Interestingly, interestingly enough, there was a report that Presti tried to do a deal with Toronto, um, essentially giving them both Russell Westbrook and Paul George um, in order to keep those two together. Um, and to get back the same kind of crazy Godfather offers that they got, um, but that it would include Siakam and presumably less draft picks. Um, and Masai Ujiri kind of balked at it and was like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, at least that's what the report indicates. Um, so that's it would it would appear – yeah, it would appear to me that they – like kind of their first priority was – First of all, sending Paul George to the East and the one team they could do that with would have been um, that Raptors team because they had obviously the bird rights on Kawhi. Um, And they were even interested in sending Russ. Now, I don't know if that would be necessarily a favor to Russ um, to keep him, to put him on a, a title contender, or if that would be to get off of the, the contract that Russ is under. I think you could view it either one of those two ways. Um, but I do think that's kind of an interesting footnote um, in all of these negotiations, um, and it'll be interesting to see if any more reporting comes out about that and the reasoning behind it. Yeah, there, there's something that we don't know that we will then know. Um, but if you're Toronto, I'm really curious on why you don't necessarily say yes to that. I mean, if they're allowing you right. to keep your other young assets and you're just giving up Siakam, um, why? Especially because you want to sell that fan base that you can not just be competitive, but championship competitive. And I think right. that roster, the think... way it's constructed with Paul George and, and, and Russell Westbrook, I don't really get how you say no to that. So I'm curious if maybe it was right. a bit more Toronto was asking for I mean, um, OKC was asking for that. Toronto was just like, I'm not giving you all that. Like, no, not all. Yeah, because my guess would have been, my guess would have been they wanted Van Vliet, they wanted Ananobi, they wanted Siakam, um, the the necessary salaries to match. So I would I would think that like from there, Gasol and Lowry would probably be enough to do it, but maybe it would take another smaller, small salary to throw in there. Um, but I think that would be enough to make, make the, the cap work, especially when you, when you get into numbers that high, it's easier because it's 125% of the, 
of the salary you're sending out um, that you can take back in. Um, so the higher numbers you get, the more flexibility you have between your your two numbers. Um, you know that 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 you can to, to where you can construct that deal. Um, so uh, I do agree. I think they had there had to have been more to that. They had, but you know the reason they would have been asking for that is because. You know, well, if we just deal like I, I, I'll assume this. I'll assume they wanted the three first round picks and the pick swaps, and then they wanted the extra players from Toronto, but because they weren't going to be able to get the two Miami picks because they didn't own anybody else's picks. Um, so I think they basically said they tried to have those two teams compete for each, for for you know the the rights to have Paul George. And they were willing to throw in Russell Westbrook as kind of like a bonus, or who knows, maybe to get off the salary, maybe to do Westbrook a solid. I just we don't know, but like I think the Clippers were just more in a position to be like, we can't fucking lose Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. We can't do that. We have to fucking get him. So we will give them everything, like all of these fucking pieces, so we can get Paul George, so we can get Kawhi. Yeah, and to me, I kind of just feel like if if you're if you're OKC, again, so we hear more, um, but just going off of what we know just right now, you were not in the same situation the Spurs were in. Because remember how Kawhi was like, "Oh, trade! I want to be traded to the Lakers," and it's like, well, "There's no way in hell I'm trading you to the to the Lakers. There's no way I'm trading right. you to anyone in the West. You're going east." So to me, I kind of feel like if you're OKC, that's why I think. They're going to end up trading Russ and just rebuild because it's like, why would you make another team in the West stronger? Like, I'm pretty sure there would have been more desperate teams in the East that would have jumped at giving you everything for Russell Westbrook. Maybe not as good as what the Clippers gave, um, but I'm sure someone in the East has something close. Um, and maybe could have even added in a few more players. So it's kind of like you to send them West kind of just seems like you're – that's you saying like, oh well, we'll we'll rebuild. You know, we we draft pretty well. We drafted Durant, uh, Westbrook, Harden, Ibaka. We, we can do it again. That's kind of what it feels like. That's why I'm like, I don't see right saying he has to be going sure. because that seems to be the move you make when you trade when you make another Western team better. You're better, saying I'm right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm reshuffling the deck. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would say this. I don't think it necessarily says that per se, but what I where I do agree with you is you're basically saying, you know, I mean, we're just going to take the best offer. And we've seen time and time again, teams trading their players to other conferences, um, to the other conference, um, and maybe not getting the best offer, but um, they wanted to, you know, they didn't want to have another team get better in their own conference because they still wanted to compete for a playoff spot. Even if they're not competing for, an NBA title, like if you're OKC and your your ultimate desire is to still compete for a playoff spot, you just made it way harder because not only did you make the Clippers better, you um, the West is is so deep as far as talent is concerned. You took a step back, and then there could be other Western Conference teams that would have been beneath you, jump you, so that you're not making the playoffs. So what I think it says is more so. Their priority is not making the playoffs with this deal. Now, that could change if they get 
they could piece together some some pieces to go get, you know, like I said, a guy like Bradley Beal. If they could pull something like that off, that kind of resets the deck and changes the perspective. Um, but I don't think that that is ultimately um, – I think ultimately they're cool with going either way, and that's what this deal spells to me. It, it Like I said, it all comes down to flexibility, and they – ultimately OKC and Sam Presti are – just like, hey, we're going we're gonna to make the move that best suits us going forward in the future, and we're going to make the move that gives us the most um, flexibility as far as if we can make a trade, we will do it. If we can't, we can trade Russ, or we can just keep Russ, and he's the, you know, the, the guy who stayed, and we'll just kind of retool around him and, and put different pieces around him to maybe make a run at the seventh or eighth seed like we did when KD left. That you just have all that flexibility. It's great. Uh, I, I still I really also, like it for them nevertheless. Also with this this whole Paul George to the Clippers thing, what it makes me feel and, and I heard this this talk about by, by pundits uh, a lot. Um they should do away with, with tampering. This was clearly tampering or not from right. team to player. But from player to player, this is a hundred percent. Yeah, but but we tampering we saw the doesn't tampering. matter. Yeah, I mean we saw it throughout this whole you know this this whole offseason. That's why they I mean with get Kimber, rid of it. just get rid of it. Right. Well, here's my thing. I'm fine with the way that they have it set up now, and even I've heard before from various people in the know in the NBA. Not to me personally, I don't have that kind of clout. Um, but I've heard. <laughs> um, from from various people who are in the know in the NBA, uh, that um, essentially there there's a difference between for most of these GMs and organizations there's a difference between tampering they don't really care about that anymore but there's a difference between tampering and disruption um, so like you know essentially Boston uh, talking to Kimba before they were technically allowed to talk to Kimba. Um, like GMs don't really care about that. Organizations are fine with it. Where they draw the line is the shit that happened last year with Anthony Davis and all of that level of tampering, um, which really wasn't per se the Lakers. It was more Rich Paul tampering, um, yeah. and he did it numerous times throughout the season, whether it be approaching Adam Silver and, and trying to tell him how bad of a coach Luke Walton was, like – like Adam Silver is going to yeah. be able to do something about that, um, but and then so made I would agree with you in this sense. I would agree with you in the sense of they should let they should they should retool the rules to reflect what is um, currently um, acceptable within the NBA's front offices and focus I mean, more on the shit that is not acceptable. Like we shouldn't be finding Magic Johnson for saying. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a generational talent, and I think he's going to have, you know, many years of, of success in Milwaukee. You should be fine for that, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but I mean, you should but... absolutely be fine. Um, in some form or fashion, they need to crack down on shit like what happened last year with Anthony Davis and Rich Paul. I don't know how much you know oversight the league has in order to like find an agent. I don't think they have that that possibility within the CBA. Um, but like, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like the argument of maybe we shouldn't go after, you know, um, people who, you know, 
smoke or sell or whatever marijuana. Maybe we should focus more on like heroin. Like that's a much bigger problem. Uh, and I, I feel like that's kind of the way that I view NBA tampering. Like maybe not focus as much on Magic Johnson speaking highly of Giannis and focus, try to focus more on what you can do about agents just completely train wrecking a season for two separate franchises. But that's why I said to me, you should just do away with it because what's going to start happening and it's been happening is teams will just send their players because everyone in the league is best friends. They just send the players to do it. So like, Hey, yo, hey, yo right. is that Paul George on the phone? Dope. Call him yeah. and tell him like, yo, you could force your way here. We could, you know, we could make a great offer and, and bring you here to play with Kawhi. Like that, that's literally what Clippers told Kawhi. Like, yo, yo, yo get, get him on the phone. Like tell him we, tell no, him we well, no, that's, so, that's not, don't, no. Um, it's it's Kawhi not. Reached Kawhi out. reached out to Paul George, right. but I'm just saying teams have the ability because all the players are best friends Absolutely. to just tell the player like, yo, make and a how phone do you? Call. Right, and if you're in a private room with one of your players and you ask them to do that, how can you? If there's no no record of it, there's no text message exchange, there's nothing like that. Then how can you prove it? You can't. Um, no, you can't. That's but, why I said tampering is, is like they're just just when you did the draft reform, teams are gonna find other ways to tank. Like it won't just be so blatant, but they'll still be tanking. So same thing with tampering. Right. It won't be the organization just called Paul George. No. Right. So maybe you know, say hey, make a phone call, and then you know, player makes a phone call. So to me, it's right. just like it's still tampering. It's just that's not illegal. <laughs> so right. that's what they're gonna yeah. do. Um, last point before we close it out here. Um, LeBron James had the opportunity to play with Paul George and Eric Bledsoe um, in uh, in uh, Cleveland if he had just agreed to sign on for one extra year, which would have made mm-hmm. him a free agent this season. Um, I, <laughs> I think that is fucking hilarious, and I think that is one of the all-time what-ifs. Um, in my opinion, what if he had agreed to that? Um, for several reasons. One, the Lakers wouldn't have gotten anybody last year because um, the two people who were rumored to go there were LeBron and Paul George. They would have been on Cleveland up until this offseason. Um, and then both those guys would have been able to go and team up together after playing a year together, maybe winning a championship in Cleveland. They could have fucking gone to the uh, Lakers and been like, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna fucking start over here. Um and Bledsoe would have been a free agent too, so if he worked out with him, he could have come with him. Um, obviously for, for you know, not not nearly as much money as he signed with the Bucks, but um, you know, who knows. Uh I think it's very interesting and I just wonder just a part of me wonders what goes on in LeBron's head. It's like if he plays any of this back, like just like normal people do, like, man, what if I fucking did that? Like when, you know, when he lays down to go to sleep, like does he play back shit in his head like that? And he would tell you he doesn't, I'm, I'm sure. But I, I think there's got to be some small part of him that's just, you know, he's human like the rest of us. I mean, all of us do it. We all fucking from, you know, time to time, you know, we'll sit and think, fuck, man, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? Um, it's just human nature. Um, I'd be very interested if at any point in time LeBron is an open book enough to really kind of answer that question. Because um, I I'll think you if you had had – go ahead. 
No, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I, I completely agree with you. He, I think he does. I think he does. And I think uh, he looks at certain things and he just goes, man. Like, one of the things I think should have happened that I kind of think he might have said no to um, was when Cleveland was at, like, a, a wits in with, with love. And it was being talked about, if, you, you know, if you're Phil Jackson, do you call Cleveland and say, I'll give you mellow, give me love, and, like, we can make this work. And I kind of feel like LeBron was like, no, no, I'd rather Kevin Love. I don't really want right. Melo. And it's like, kind of think Melo would have helped you out a lot more against the uh, the Golden State Warriors before Durant got yeah, there. Maybe. You know, rather than what Love did. But, you know, but I will say this. If you watch that Summer League game last night, there was a particular player LeBron was very chummy with that I haven't really seen him chummy with. Uh, and that was DeMar DeRozan. He even made a post ah, like yeah. like a – an Instagram story about it. So I'm yeah. just saying, you know, you know, keep, keep an eye out on that. Keep an eye out on that. Cause I don't yeah. think San Antonio Spurs also, are hundred percent sold on the Spurs. And well, keep it, keep, you know, keep in mind he's on the Spurs and, you know, they don't like to, you know, do deals with the Lakers. So but, they really don't. Um, <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if you, if you were able to get Kuzma and some, some, Contracts that were either expiring or, or you know, had had a two-year lifespan. Maybe you would consider it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. Interesting. Um, uh, what if scenarios, if you will? That'll be our what if scenario of the day. But uh, yeah, man, the league is going to be fucking crazy this year. It is wide open. Um, as I said, you know, to start off the podcast, I do think the Clippers are the prohibitive favorites, but I definitely think that. There are a handful of two handfuls of teams. There's like eight to ten teams who could win it all this year. I mean, obviously the Clippers, um, the Lakers. Um, you know, I think Utah made a lot of steps forward um, as far as their team. Uh, the Rockets, uh, I think, are very heavily still in the mix. Uh, you, you know, you have Milwaukee, you have Philadelphia. Um, I mean, I that's you- six right there. There's some that I'm missing, I'm sure, but like. There are there's more parity. Um, I, I can only imagine the enthusiasm that Joel feels right now. Just yeah, there's more no, parity. It's, it's a lot going into it's this season. Than, yeah, than uh, probably we've seen in. I mean, think about it like this: like, like there, there you know, during LeBron's reign in the East, there it was just like all. It, it's probably been since LeBron joined Miami. Honestly, yeah. I mean, would that, yeah, would that and make I will sense say to you? This. Like, before he joined, there was Boston, there was Orlando, there was Cleveland, all in the east. Chicago was there when, you know, when uh, Rose was healthy. And then in the west, you know, I mean, you had the Lakers, you had the Spurs, you had Dallas. Um, I think we're back to that level of parity where going into this season, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, sure. I mean, I put it this way, I would not make, as a, as a non-gambler, um, I would definitely not put any money on any particular team to win the title this year. No, and I will say this could be one of the first years in a while that in the West, because I can't, I'm still not sold 100 on English, but in the West specifically, sure. we could have a lot of uh, series that go seven games. Like I, I can't Early. really see anyone that's necessarily blowing anyone out in four games. I could see right. like first, second and third round kind of all going seven games which is great right. for the well, NBA and we, and we got a little bit of that last year just but mainly because of 
how Denver orchestrated their way into a two seed, um, and then the rest of the you know everything else kind of broke out the way it did. Um, so that you know that was obviously kind of um, uh, it had a lot more to do with uh, matchups and everything. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think a lot of these series could go deep, and I would expect pretty much all of the second round series um, and both conferences to be pretty like pretty competitive. Um, it's maybe a little tough to see in because the East obviously got worse. Like the East, the top four teams in the East last season were all really fucking good, and any one of those teams had a legit. Um, shot to, to to win it all, um, but like I, I you know, and I said this to Luke the other day, like I I I would say don't count out Boston. Like maybe they're not as talented of a team as they were last season, um, but maybe they're just a better team. Maybe um, maybe Kimba just fits better with what Brad Stevens wants to do. Um, you know, you get Brown and Tatum more touches. Hayward is now two years removed from that injury, so maybe he makes a step back, uh, you know, you know, or several steps into becoming the player that he was. Um, I wouldn't count them out, not as far as a, a a contender, but I wouldn't count them out as far as a team that could make it to the second round and really push either Philly or Milwaukee to like six, seven games and make it really fucking interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm completely with you. And we've seen that Brad thrives in doing uh, more with less. So maybe Kimba right. is the less that he needed to do more with that young boy. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be such a fun season. We're going to be here to break it down for you every step of the way. Juwan, we, this is finally season three. Um, I officially named season three, um, I think – Maybe it was our draft episode, um, or maybe it was the first free agency pod that we did. Um, but this is like our third season of Full Court Press, um, which is awesome to think about. This is our 138th episode of Full Court Press. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we've we got a catalog in, and uh, we're just going to add to that going forward. We can't wait to cover it for, you know, throughout the season. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and we'll have more pods coming out. We'll have, you know, um, uh, maybe like a summer league uh, deep dive. We will obviously have, um, you know, all of the big news covered throughout the season, uh, marquee games covered throughout the season, uh, and, and just everything else. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I, for this, this is the first time I've been like this, like fucking excited for an NBA season. Um, and you know what? This excited for an NBA season, then like, especially like the Hawks are just nowhere even near. Like they're they're not going to be a playoff team. Um, and you know your Knicks are obviously not going to. Well, Joel seems to think they can make the A seed. You probably do as well. Um, but yeah, more than likely not a more than likely not a playoff team. Um, but like the, just the rest of the NBA is so fucking interesting. Um, that, you know, it just, it makes it so much more fun to watch and so much more fun to follow. Um, so it's going to be great. Uh, Juwan, we got a geek vibes live coming up tomorrow at three o'clock. What else we got? Uh, anything going on 
with the website, uh, anything we're, we're, we're needing to plug here. Yeah, we um, we just did a Geeks Against the Grain about Spider-Man Far From Home last night. Check that out. Um, we also are doing uh, something with Stardust, app where you can get up-to-date thoughts on um, uh, movie reviews, trailer reviews, TV shows. Um, and also, uh, like you said, Geek, uh, Geek Vibes Live this Sunday. Also, we may have an interview with someone from the cast of Far From Home. So stay tuned for that. Ooh. Nice. Well, that's that's fucking exciting. Um, yeah, all good things coming down the pipes via Geek Vibes Nation, so be sure to check it all out. Um, I would imagine we'll be back for uh, another episode of Monday Sucks uh, coming up this Monday, uh, Dane's new show. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll be back next week as well, um, and Wrestling Geeks Alliance uh, will be um, – you keep, just keep an eye out for it. I can't keep track of when the fuck Dane's doing that show anymore. Um, but it will be available. Um, there will be episodes uh, very soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that as well. I think there might be one later today. I think that's what they're doing. Um, so might even be as early as later today. Um, but nevertheless, uh, super fun episode, Juan. We're all geeks for you know what's what's happening, what's going to happen. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can we just start the season already? Can we just like? I'm with you, man. It, it's funny. Like we went from can we just end the season already and get to the draft and free agency to like can we just start the season already? Like fuck, dude. Like this is this is so fucking awesome. Um, but yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop rambling. We're gonna end it there. Uh, check out all of our stuff. Go visit gvnation.com. Uh, some great articles up there. Uh, so check that out, and uh, we will see you uh, next week. Well, Juwan and I will talk to you tomorrow, but specifically for Full Court Press, we'll see you next week. Until then, peace. Peace.